All right. Well, Hazinger's out. You know who would be good? Rocco Mediate would be. Oh, he'd be great. That's outside the box. Yeah, no one's really mentioned it. You came home with that yourself? I did. Good one. (laughs) I haven't seen that anywhere. Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy and Christopher Powers. Uh, we've got a Thanksgiving edition here of the pod, and uh, we are loaded up with a lot of stuff on the plate here. We've got Lon Kruger joining us uh, via the Coaches versus Cancer. Of course, a legendary college basketball coach. Uh, and and this, Steve and I talked to him, a legendary athlete himself, too. We got, we got him on the pod. Uh, and then we also have Blaine Barber, who you may have seen last week went viral with that video at Q School. Uh, had a nice chat with him as well. And then, of course, we've got a ton of other stuff going on. I mean, it's crazy how busy of a week this was uh, in late November. Uh, so, guys, let's just get started. Uh, we got to start with Ludwig Obert. We've talked about him a bunch. Uh, he is the stud right now on the PJ tour. I know things have quieted down and he's kind of the favorite in some of these events. Um, I, I found that $50 bill on the train. I was thinking I'm going to just put it on the favorite this week. Of course I didn't would have been a nice play. Uh, guys, how'd you do a gambling wise and B how impressed are you with young Ludwig? Yeah. Back, uh, back to life. Uh, gambling wise. Um, although oh, I you did... didn't win this week, Steve. Oh, wow. Well, I live bet. Obert uh going in the Saturday. He was plus 250. So I like made my money back. Whatever. So uh nice. that nice. was decent. I mean, yeah, y- you could kind of see this coming. He had what seven uh top tens in his last eight starts. Yeah. Um, I mean, just a, a credit to this fast acceleration that we've seen. And I think Alan Shipnuck made this point on Twitter. Like it's sort of a product of of live, like. Ludwig could kind of thank Liv for that because, you know, he, he eventually, he apparently got an offer from them and mm. PGA tour adjusted the PGA tour university rules for the number one in their ranking to get a full exemption, uh, for the following season. So, you know, he has this, this great season lined up and takes full advantage of it. It's to his credit, but, you know, perhaps if not for Liv, he doesn't get all these opportunities he parlays it into the Ryder cup um contending a bunch and that's why i say you could kind of see this coming because he put himself in contention a few times one on the dp world tour i mean now the sky's the limit for this kid everyone's talking about the the futures that they put in for you know 101 pga valhalla like yeah Mm. why the hell not could he not contend in a major the way this kid drives the ball he's he's victor hovland with maybe a better putter like this dude he's gonna contend for years he's a freaking stud it's incredible 61 61 he's the only player ever to do yeah. that record around you know who almost did that in this event kiss patrick rogers wow <laughs> oh, yes. he went 61 62 in 20 got crushed when you got your heart had he gone 61 61 he would have won by one over chucky chucky three oh. People forget. People forget. You can you can go nuclear at the RSM Classic. Even Patrick Rogers can. Yeah, it is crazy. The the, the scoring that was so low. Yeah, that was ridiculous. It was like four scores of sixty two or better. I mean, it was yeah. wild. They, you need wind on that course, obviously. Right. Side right. 
course, the defense of it. Myers, you mentioned we have a million things to talk about. I can't believe this Pat and Kazire thing. He's like out. He's I out. Sent that. You see that? I Pat meant Kazire. to send that to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, breaking it's down. at Two-time uh, winner, just one in 2018, not that long ago. And he's like on the outside looking in, this new fall. Outside looking schedule. in. Yeah, people and like so- your guy, Ryan Moore, CP, just taking spots from him. You know. Yeah, I mean. Ends, and now Rymo's got his card again. You know, Pat and Gazire, like, if you told me he was out, I- I'm not, like, shocked. I saw no. his presser. I I... I just feel like I know we we talk about him. I know you bet on him every once in a while, especially first round lead, and and you do see his name pop up. But yeah, like he just hasn't done him. But but you're right, two time winner. He dominated on the Corn Ferry Tour to get mm. to tour. He was the player of the year there. Um, and then he, you know, we uh, we're gonna talk to Blaine Barber, who had his own emotional talk. But but Pat Kazire got very emotional to not getting that 125. So was he in the 125 before the fall, and he played his way out? Yes, I believe. Okay. But you know what? I, and I know people are bit. Some people are bitching about that, including Jimmy Walker. And I know it stinks that the goalposts were moved during the season. Mm-hmm. But in a way, you had even more of an opportunity to prove yourself. Yep. And so I'm sorry. You know, you had the chance. You didn't get it. Done. You can't coast anymore, and you shouldn't be allowed to coast anymore. Exactly. I don't. Exactly. I just think, you know, we had Dylan Wu on. I think there was a lot of uncertainty. Even yes, players. So, yeah, and, and right. Dylan had that weird thing. It was like guys who were trying to get in couldn't even get into the events. That's stupid. They they messed that up. They bungled that because they were going off of like the year before's priority list. That makes no sense. If you want guys fighting for their card, you got to have them all in the field. But they gave them all like you know all these extra fall chances um, to to get it done. Like. I don't know. It, it didn't seem, you know, I feel bad. I, you're always going to feel bad for the guy who who's number 126. I mean, it's just, just the way it goes. It's, yeah. it's tough. Um, I wanted to say something quickly about uh, Ludwig, uh, Sean Martin at the PGA tour tweeted today. He got across, I might do a post on this actually. He, might, he got across the 50 round threshold needed to count in stats. And so now for the season, he is second in strokes gained off the tee, which we all know is uh, hugely important. I know it's not quite maybe strokes gained approach, but you're talking about the Rory's and the Roms who are always, you know, top two and Victor Hovland. Those are the top five guys. He's number two in that stat total driving. He's first driving distance. He's sixth greens hit percentage, third average approach shot proximity to the whole second. So it's not just the driver, it's the irons too. And and again, yeah. it's not just like a couple rounds here. It's uh he's actually almost first in in a, in a bunch of these stats. So pretty eye-opening stuff for him. And the only thing Sean's yeah. not really accounting for is that like most of these events, no one was playing in them. So he was gaining like nine strokes off the tee against that's you know, true. Nicholas Lindham. That's and, true. Uh, you know, so that take that with a grain of salt, but you know, not to say he was the best ball striker on the planet this fall. So, right, right, right. On the flip side, the, the greens hit percentage. And then you could say, well, he played in the easy, some of the easier events. Okay. Maybe so. But the yeah. percentage wise, he still is third in greens hit proximity. He's still second. That's not a strokes gain thing, but you're right. Usually we do go to the strokes gain and he wasn't exactly playing against the best of the best. Right. Fair point. But overall, um, 
incredible stuff. It's yeah. kind of amazing. He, he is 24, which I'm not saying he's old, but like we've talked about this before. I mean, Tom Kim is like two and a half years younger than him. That doesn't mean he's not going to keep getting better. I'm just saying it's, it's not like he's 18 and doing this, uh, but still incredibly impressive. He, he dominated at college and now he's starting to dominate on the tour. Um, and uh, he, of course, he will be around next year, unlike Pat Gazire, who will have to rely on sponsor exemptions and other things. Maybe he still has a past winner type thing. We'll get him in some events. Uh, but there's definitely going to be some turnover uh, on the tour. Um, okay. Uh, quickly, quickly. He's not Ludwig, but Nikolai Hogard is pretty damn good too. And he's this is another European Ryder Cup guy. He wins the DP World another Tour. Another Scandinavian. Yeah, no, exactly. Another Scandinavian. He probably loves Chipotle too, just like Hovland, <laughs> just like Ludwig. <laughs> I guess they it's a big thing over there. I don't know. I mean, I love Chipotle, but or well, I guess Victor picked it over up in the States. Um, oh, I guess so, Ludwig. But um, yeah, Nikolai Hogard, guys. I mean, this year, again, we look back on it, and Steve and I bet Europe, right? I think I know, I don't know oh, yeah. if did. Like they're better. They're a better team than the U.S. I mean, these guys are legit players at the at, and they were the ones who barely made it onto the team. They're two of the hottest players on the planet. Yeah, just steamrolling Team USA, and they they've kept it going in the fall. So, all there the moments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, and that reminded me though, Yost Yost Lauten throwing the clubs up into. The- oh, that was the best part <laughs> of it. I mean, week. holy, <laughs> what in the world? Have you guys, first of all, have you guys ever, I never throw clubs. I get pissed on the course at myself. I will get pissed, but I keep it to myself. It's more of a like, oh, you suck. And I'm trying to get better at that because that's not, it's really not good for your mental game. But I never throw clubs. Have you guys ever thrown a club into a tree? No. Like get stuck? Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I did it earlier this summer. Yeah. But it came down. (laughs) Came down. Actually, I don't even want to talk about what happened. Um, but well, we should talk about it. I we were down the shore, buddies' weekend, my like arch rival, and I like just didn't have it. You guys saw how I played earlier in the summer, but this was like really bad. Like I was hitting half shanks every shot, and I finally just I I couldn't even throw the club right. I did that wrong. It like hooked. It, my friend was like, you can't even, you literally are hitting a snap hook with the, the club throw. It went into a tree, <laughs> came down, rattled every branch, people in the fairway over. I was like, I was so embarrassed actually after it happened that I was like, I can't even, I sent my friend to go over and get my my club for me because I couldn't even face the, the people in the other fairway. Oh my God. Wow. But uh, that's, that's pretty It bad. still has some sap on it, the five iron. Um, <laughs> that five iron gets a lot of use these days too. Also, and and I again, I used to I used to be really bad, and I stopped. I stopped getting so angry because the last time I did it before that was a nice Cleveland um, black sixty degree wedge, and it snapped in half. And I was like, I should not be. I threw it at a cart, and it hit the cart and snapped in half. That's the thing. I I I, you know it's so dumb. It's the dumbest thing. I saw someone once hit a club around a tree and it just snapped i mean i see so i saw someone hit their bag once they broke their bag yep. um i think i was playing with someone and they broke their phone in their bag or something or maybe yep. uh, that happened to joel didn't it that happened to joel that's who it was and yeah. joel's like the most mild-mannered guy and he <laughs> snapped on the course but it's like i think it was a someone he was playing with oh okay okay yeah. okay yeah. fine 
whoever you are though, like you can snap, but just don't break the club. I mean, that just makes no sense. Like, you know, hit John Rom makes a good point. Like you have to get your emotions out. That's healthy, but find like another way to do it rather than throwing a club. I think I've done it like once, but I've seen CP do it a few times. It's, it's, I usually, when the, in the past, when I did it, it was like over a very straightforward, chunked, like chip shot. That's hard to live with those shots. Yeah. That is, those are hard to live with. Uh, that's true. Um, but yeah. So anyway, Yost Loudon threw it up in the tree and then he tried (laughs) some idiotic reason to throw two other clubs up there. He also took the, the sign, the score sign. You see that? The, and threw that up there and it fell down. And then, he, so he did play two holes with the Levitt clubs, but they did get his clubs down eventually and bring it to him to the back nine. But that, that was pretty The wild. best was it seemed like he was laughing it off and then you yeah. realized he was not. But then he got pissed. Yeah. It funny at all. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Kick the bag. Yeah, exactly. Um, so pretty pretty wild stuff uh, from, from Yost. Um, yeah, so what else we got to talk about here? There's, there was so much going on. Obviously Ludwig, obviously Nikolai. Oh, I mean, Tiger is in and Paul Azinger is out. Mm. Uh, and this, and we'll get into uh, the Azinger second, because this is another CP trying to zig where people are, you know, zag where people are zigging. <laughs> He's trying to stick up for him now when he trashes him all the time. All right, that's not Absolutely true. That's, that's not true at all. all right, we'll talk about this first. That's you not are true zagging when people are zigging. It's, it's ridiculous. The guy is not good. He is not good on TV. He adds nothing to the broadcast. You could have nobody. You could have nobody doing his job, and it, and you would you wouldn't even notice it. I'm sorry. He has been wow. such a disappointment. Um, and now you're sticking up for the guy. Come on. I'm not sticking. Up. I just thought I didn't think. I thought he was entertaining. He's not. If you're, entertaining. I, if you're saying I would shit on him, yes, I would share hilarious clips that I found entertaining. So I think that's okay. A, okay, a good, good part point. of the broad. You know. Okay, but that's entertaining without trying to be. I'm not saying it's it's a good right. thing that so he he's would fuck un- things up un- and say stupid shit, but it was funny to me. Right. So yes. unintentionally funny. Yeah. I agree. I mean it's better us- than it's better than what you're saying, which is literally being, you know, an empty seat. At least he was funny. But un- but he, but it's not like it was anything he did on purpose. He's so bad that he was funny. Yeah. I, so bad I, it was good. I enjoyed it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, well, my my other problem with this is yeah. like everyone you see all these tweets now. Bring Johnny Miller back. Bring Johnny Miller back. It was the same thing with him. Everyone hated on him too when he was. A young. lot of people hated on him. You are right. Every and I know you didn't, Myers. We I loved him. Johnny I, he's Miller. one of the only people. I but whoever him. comes in it next, somehow yeah. Trevor Immelman has avoided this because he's very good and kind of not boring, but just he knows his shit. He he knows stats. He, he's he got a nice South African accent. So I think people for the most part like Trevor Immelman. Yeah. But Faldo, Miller, I mean, they just got clowned on at every second, every turn, everything they said. So the next guy is just going to get clowned on too. Everyone's like, oh, put this guy in, put that guy in. You're just going to end up shitting on him at some point too. I, it's I Ogilvy. Oh, if it's Ogilvy, golf Twitter will. Oh my God. Oh God. Oh God. He they'll be a, they'll be marching in the streets like <laughs> you know. Uh, I I just don't know why people care so much. Like it's right. That's the other thing. thing. Like I usually don't even listen to the audio. It's usually so bad. Like I I or I'm doing something else. I'm like not going to listen to it. People really care that much 
yes. about a few cliches? Yes, they do. Shane nailed it. There are, I would list 1 million things I don't like about a golf broadcast before getting to Paul Azinger. That's so true. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't say a million or Not a million. I think, Shane, I think Shane said 10. 10. Seven. Um, yeah. I can list a million. I, I, would, I would say five. I'm with you on that. I'll meet you halfway there. He's not the worst part of the broadcast, but of course, no. I mean, we want to see more shots. Yes. We want to hear less talking, if anything. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I, here's why it bothered me, Steve, is that it he said things that were, you could prove instantly, a hundred percent oh, yeah. false, which showed me he did no preparation or very little preparation. And to me, that is a coveted job. And if you're going to take that job, you have a responsibility. Yeah. to the golf public. And you're right, Steve, if you're not listening with sound or you're in and out, fine. But if you're actually listening and you're like, this dude is getting paid, I don't know what he's getting paid, but let's assume he was making at least a million dollars a year. <laughs> right? Okay, I'm, I'm the, safe I'm, to assume that. I'll go light here. At least a million dollars a year to go to the best golf tournaments for two days usually. <laughs> um, You know, Five to six hours, you know, all right, let's give him credit for two full days of work a week and then not deliver the goods. To me, that is, you know, sticking the finger right in the face of the, the golf fans who it's like, come on, like, that's just ridiculous. There's a reason why they, you know, didn't continue the contract. And yeah. he's been, man, he's been doing it since like 05 like when he was on the ESPN ABC broadcast. He used so, to get praised when he was on the ABC. He used yeah. to actually get praised. He was I think he was more plugged in then. But and, he was right. he was the hot young guy, not young, but the, the right. hot new thing on TV and then Right. Right. I mean uh, Romo Romo gets Tony Romo. That people Romo hate him now. He's people still great. Him. You Romo's can't win. Great. He gets you killed now. You're right. He gets killed. No matter who it is is going to get killed. Yeah. Uh, but but look, and Buck and Aikman People hated them, hated them. Now they love them all of a now sudden. Like it goes up and down. Up. Well, these Aikman, networks, everyone's Aikman. like, oh, they're, they're the best. They're the pros, pros, pros. Al Michaels gets killed now. Al Michaels. That is so like, okay, when it's like Bears, Panthers, and it's a terrible game, and he sounds a little bored, all right, yeah. I get it. But every week, everyone's yeah. like, Al Michaels would rent. I don't, that's not what I hear. I hear Al Michaels calling an NFL game like Al Michaels does. And I don't, I don't see right. this. Right. People just, Al Michaels is, is the great. random he, shit. The he only thing I, I get mad about Al Michaels, and we've talked about this before, whatever. I mean, it's not, not Al Michaels' fault that they pay him a million dollars a game. I mean, we would all watch these stupid, <laughs> horrible games, whether Al Michaels or whether right. Steve Hennessy was in the booth. It does not matter. And they're paying. Make it happen. A million dollars a game. So again, like Azinger is making chump change compared to those guys. So, <laughs> but I, I just, to me, it's like, it's, it's, it's just insulting when, you know, he says so many things that are just dead wrong that could easily be corrected. You're right, CP. He does provide great fodder. I see a post I did on the, from whatever, maybe it was the US Open where he butchered something. Oh, it was the, it was the, um, the Wyndham Clark. I see. I was doing the turkeys last week, and I put him in. Now I feel bad, and now he lost his job. But look, he, he, <laughs> he's not good. That's why he lost his job. And by the way, he didn't get fired. He didn't get his contract renewed. And he's, you know, I don't feel as bad when it's a guy who's made millions and millions of dollars, was a great golfer. He doesn't need this job. So he's going to be fine. Exactly. It's not like Pat and Kazire who <laughs> maybe needs a job. 
or Blaine well, Barber. Bla- I yeah, wouldn't feel too bad for Pat. Blaine Kazai. Barber, exactly. It's not like that. So it's poison. But it was um, the Wyndham Clark chip when he's like, there's no way he can get this within 10 feet. Then he chips and he goes, he missed the slope. Then he starts rolling down. He goes, yeah, it's not going to, it's still, he missed the slope. He, everybody's watching it. It rolled to five feet. He made par. He won the freaking U.S. Open. Like, it was like we were going crazy. I mean. Uh, there's so many times where he said like, oh, this guy is the best putter in the, on the tour. And he's like 150. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. So, but you're right. That is unintentional. All right, maybe I'll miss him. Maybe I'll miss him next year. I will. You will. Because <laughs> I it was he, like, I don't. It was every week we would send something about him to each other. Like we would just rip him. Yeah. Now you know it's going to be Justin uh, Leonard. Yeah. Like yeah. milk toast nation. It's funny too. I I was ripping him once so bad. I woke up. It must have been the British because I woke up. Maybe it's Ryder Cup, and like within the first hour. I tweeted like five tweets in a row about how like things that he messed up. And I was like, this is, and, and one person reached, I won't name names, but one person reached out to me who is in broadcasting and was like, I love when you kill him. He's terrible. Another person reached out to me and was like, Hey, you should go a little easier on him that, you know, whatever. And I want to be like, why should I go easy on him again? He's getting paid millions of dollars to do a bad job. I, I, I just don't anyway. So, all right, well, Hazinger's out. You know who would be good? No oh. one mentioned him, I don't think. Rocco Media would be. Oh, he'd be great. Because he's entertaining as shit. Mm. People, like, he, he won't care what people have to say about You're his- right, Steve. That's and he's still pretty role. plugged in. That's outside the box. Yeah, no one's really mentioned it. You came up with that yourself? What's that? You came up with that yourself? I did. You- wow. That's a good one. <laughs> I haven't seen that anywhere. I have not seen that anywhere. That is a brilliant. My brain. In the tout, when you write up the description here, say Steve comes up with a brilliant (laughs) idea for a polyester. Outside, outside. uh, Steve, I have no. Wow. That's a great. He's got a radio show now, right? He talks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He does the. Yeah. He is maybe the goat talker on the tour. Gift of Gab, Rocco Media. Uh, Another guy who did come up, obviously, was Phil Mickelson, but unfortunately, he's burning bridges down to the ground. Uh, he would have been unbelievable. I mean, he would have been. He might mean the the money too. So. That's true. <laughs> well, who knows if it, if it goes to some other Freddie? If they get Freddie and he just gets everything mm. wrong, that'd be oh, great. Oh God, <laughs> that's true. Uh, but yeah, Rocco, that'd be that'd be a good one. Have not have not yeah, seen that. Um, all right, quickly on Tiger. I think we all knew he was probably going to play in this, or at least we were hoping. We've seen the videos. It, uh, one surface last week, he was hitting driver. We've seen him you know, walking, carrying Charlie's bag. Um, He's going to play in the hero. I mean, he's made the comeback here. I mean, this has got to be at least the third time where he's made his comeback at the Hero World Challenge. Very no pressure event for him. Um, You know, he's the tournament host. It's a small field. Um, But still, it's exciting. He's coming back. Got to assume he's going to do the, you know, the PNC Championship as well, where you could take a cart unless there's a setback um, at the hero. it's exciting, guys. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, it's been, you know, since the Masters when, again, he it's just so crazy to think he made the cut at the Masters and he could barely walk. Mm-hmm. And now he's, now he's going to play. So I, I'm excited. Yeah, I kind of knew it was going to happen when we saw him walking so well with Charlie carrying the bag, like, mm-hmm. for a couple of days. Like, you know, we saw him limping so hard earlier this year. Like, now that doesn't really seem like a thing. 
Right. Still, it seemed like some people that we work with were like, wow, and Dowdy actually comes back for the hero. Well, it, you know, and, and when people say like, oh, you know, the doubters are wrong, there definitely are still doubters. Oh, yeah. Good for Tiger. You know, he's going to be 48 yeah. uh, at the end of the year. Like, man, he's getting up there. But yeah. just give us another mid cut at the Masters and, and we're ecstatic. Like, th- this, is exactly. bon- this is bonus, bonus Tiger. This is amazing. Exactly. Yep. Who who was that? Who was the person who said he's going to win Riviera this year? Somebody oh, yeah. said that. Oh, on- um, Ryan Burr. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> he interviewed him. He's like, he's like, I've got to like guarantee up with Tiger. And he's like, he's he like, will win it, miss it. And then like he tweets out, he's like, Tiger Woods is going to win Riviera. <laughs> you can guarantee it. And I I lo- I mean, Ryan Burr seems like a great guy. And I know he's involved with Tiger's thing, but like yeah. uh or no, he was involved with Noda's. Yeah, and, and Charlie was there, but like it was a wild guarantee. Like, <laughs> like he's so confident. I mean, so confident. You know, like it's one thing when when like Riggs and like I think we all fall towards that. You know, we love Tiger. We want to yeah. see him win. We want to see, and we get so excited. But like you know, Riggs, it's a little bit of an act. I think at least Ryan Burr is like <laughs> a serious reporter, and he's like tweeting it. Like it was like. More out. I mean, it reminded me of a uh, Bruce Beck. Bruce Beck is this, like enthusiastic, like you know, like are you a fan or you're a fan? tonight on Sports Final, right? <laughs> so yeah, Bruce I'm not sure Beck. I'll go that far with, with uh, Tiger winning at Riviera, but let's let him play Riviera. We would be happy if he exactly at Riv. Yeah, uh, look, just make the cut. You know, a few events. I mean, even like. You know, maybe he's in the top ten going into the weekend one time. Uh, I get ahead of ourselves. Blowing. I mean, I, I, it's 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 possible. I I just worry about the pop. <clears throat> you know, we uh, you're looking at Lud, Ludwig and these guys, and again, it's why like when you know a young guy doesn't win right away, like a Xander or Ricky, you're just like, oh, they're gonna win that row. All these guys are coming. They just keep yeah. coming, keep coming, and like. Tiger is another one of these guys. He's the GOAT, but there's just so many more guys to compete with. And now it's like every year the distance becomes an even bigger advantage. Tiger obviously used to have that advantage. Um, you just got to worry with, the, especially with the ankle being fused. I mean, or whatever, part, whatever was fused. It was some, the subtalar something. I mean, I, I have a, you know, my, my sister's husband has his ankle fused. I mean, he can barely walk. So like, I just can't imagine hitting 300 yard drives on, on that. Um, anyway, but again, like you said, Steve, it's all, it's all bonus. Oh, I mean, all gravy. Uh-huh. Don't doubt this guy. He continues to just prove us wrong. He's exactly not a human. Prove us wrong. Prove Ryan Burr, right? Please. It would be the greatest. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Greatest thing ever. Um, all right. Let's get into our chat with Lon Kruger, uh, legendary basketball coach who is now, uh, the director, Steve, of the Coaches versus Cancer? Chairman, I believe. Chairman, yeah. the chairman. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so we talk about that. Obviously, that's a great foundation there involved with the American Cancer Society. Uh, Lon stepped down as coach a couple of years ago, but uh, man, he, he had some great runs. Talk about that uh, with him. Uh, he coached the, the best golfing uh, NBA player or the, the guy who claims to be the best golfer in the NBA, Austin Reeves. Great. Uh, so we talked about that. Uh, great chat with, with Lon Kruger. Please have a listen. 
I cannot be more thrilled right now to welcome Coach Lon Kruger, longtime college basketball coach, to the podcast. Coach is the first in college basketball history to take five different programs to the NCAA tournament, two Final Fours at Florida and Oklahoma. He's coach of the Atlanta Hawks as well. And now he's the national chair for the American Cancer Society's Coach's First Cancer program. So, Coach, first of all, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Look forward to it. Absolutely. Well, there's a ton that Alex and I are excited to talk to you about. I want to pick your brain on the current state of college basketball, your golf game now that you're retired. I hope your game's dialed in. But let, let's quickly first talk a little about Coaches First Cancer because uh, their special auction, the Experience Auction, just went live last week and it's running now. And there's some great prizes that I'm hoping I don't get outbid for uh, great packages at amazing golf courses. And you could bid on opportunities to play golf with Reggie Bush, Coach Roy Williams, and a bunch of other great opportunities. So, Coach, tell us a little more about your involvement with Coaches vs. Cancer in this special auction. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a really exciting auction. Uh, you know, really, and if it's someone else you want to play with, we can always maybe line them up as well. So uh, don't hesitate. Uh, you know, coaches do such a great job of using their platform. Uh, to support, uh, you know, uh, advocating for others to get involved in the fight against cancer, uh, encourage uh, early screening because early detection is probably the biggest factor in uh, winning the battle against cancer. And then, of course, using their uh, position to raise dollars. You know, the doctors do such a great job. Uh, we just have to give them the tools, you know, through research to uh, take advantage of all their abilities. And, uh, you know, cancer patients are is a much greater survival rate. Uh, the quality of life is much better. And uh, all that's the result of uh, raising the dollars so doctors can do the, the great job that they do. So appreciate uh, everyone getting on board and uh, hopefully they'll, they'll uh, check out the auction and uh, allow uh, for more dollars to be raised. Yeah, a couple of the opportunities there to play with uh, Sean Miller, Dana Altman, who I believe is a friend of yours. Who, who is the best uh, playing coach that you've, um, <laughs> of your peers, whether it's, you know, in your MBA career, College yeah. basketball, who's among the best golfer? Yeah, there, 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 are some, there are some really good players. Uh, you know, Jim Beheim, you know, in his, yes. his day was, was really, really a good golfer. Roy uh, Williams as well. Uh, Dana's a good, uh, Altman's a, a good player. Uh, you know, Greg McDermott. Uh, you go down the list quite a ways. Uh, you know, golf is such a great uh, icebreaker with boosters, you know, with alumni mm -hmm. and coaches get involved uh in, in a lot of those opportunities uh, through booster events uh, on the golf course. So uh, coaches uh, enjoy playing and, uh, and also take advantage of uh, uh, plans, uh, you know, with boosters and friends and alumni too. Did you ever play with any uh, players who were on your team at the time? Is that something you would ever do or? You know, not, not necessarily, hmm. maybe at a booster event. Sure. You know, they occasionally get, uh, you know, a player out there, but uh over the years, didn't have too many players. Uh, Austin Reeves, actually, with the yeah. Lakers, you know, is probably a big golf junkie. Oh, I didn't realize you you coached him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's doing he, he's doing great, of course. But yeah, but he loves golf. He loves golf. We never did have, actually have a chance to play, but uh, okay, we'll get him in Vegas uh, here next summer after the the playoffs. Uh, hopefully, the Lakers get there and uh, play some golf uh, for sure. Well, let me jump in there because obviously he is really blown up this past year obviously playing for team usa getting the big contract extension which everybody thinks was kind of even a steal for the lakers to get him compared to what some of these other crazy contracts are when you coached him 
Um, could you see this coming? I mean, obviously he's a, he, it took him a little longer to develop versus these guys who come out after one year, but what did you see from him when you coached him? And could you see this NBA star potential in him? Well, Austin, Austin's got a great feel for the game. You know, he's bigger than what people think he's, uh, you know, uh, he, he transferred uh, from Wichita State to Oklahoma hmm. uh, the year before the immediate eligibility was available. So Austin took full advantage of that redshirt year gotcha. and played the point guard on the scout team and expanded his game, came to Oklahoma, you know, more the reputation of a, a, a catch and shoot type mm-hmm. of guy. But uh, obviously now he, he puts the ball on the floor and he creates and he can get his own shot. And he really did. He drove our our first team guys crazy at Oklahoma as a part of the scout team because uh, he was really aggressive and, uh, and then he just worked really hard. He loves playing. He's a basketball junkie. Yeah. Loves playing. I uh, love being in the gym and, and uh, it's great to see him doing what he's doing with the Lakers. Happy for very happy for him. Is there anyone either past or, or current players who you would love to play golf with? So, you know, whether it's like a Michael Jordan type or, um, anyone else who, you know, hypothetically, if given the chance, you know, would be a bucket list uh, pairing for you? Yeah, you know, uh, a guy we had at Kansas State, Mitch Richmond. Oh, know, yeah. Retired now, many, many time NBA All-Star. Uh, yeah. You know, he loves the game. Uh, I think Rolando Blackman's, uh, you know, Ooh, uh, likes playing. Uh, yeah, some good some good guys there. And, and uh, you know, golf is, I mean, you know, you into it with the right attitude is a game you can't beat. I mean, just enjoy the people you're around and, enjoy the the three three and a half hours on the course uh you know with the folks and uh just uh it's, it's such a great game uh you know and uh, uh always have a good time yeah it's really funny because my high school basketball coach two years as jv coach and then two years as varsity coach I, he ended up becoming one of my best golf buddies he was 20 years older than me and i i've been going on a golf trip that he's the commissioner of for 25 years almost so it's like crazy how that how that bond can like come just from the game. So um, we talk about playing. I, I got to ask you, Lon, because obviously I knew all about your coaching exploits, but your Wikipedia page, this is one of the wildest paragraphs I've ever seen. Uh, you were a ninth round pick of the Hawks. First of all, you were a two-time Big 8 player of the year at Kansas State. That's incredible. Then you were drafted by the Hawks. But then it says you also played a season of minor league baseball in the Cardinals organization and then was invited to training camp with the Dallas Cowboys as a quarterback? I mean... I didn't what? do the bio justice. You are like an all-time great athlete here. I mean, this is like, wow, amazing. Well, so, some of that's true. You know? Okay. <laughs> uh, you know how it is, you know, years later, it, it kind of gets expanded a little okay. bit. Okay. <laughs> I never really was invited to the Cowboys camp. Okay, you know? okay. But they did travel around to different college campuses and work people out. And they did do that at K State when we were there. Okay, but that wasn't that wasn't nearly as exciting as, as what you made it sound. Okay, but, but I appreciate it anyhow. But no, it was great. Uh, you know, in the, the Player of the Year stuff, you know, that goes to people on championship teams. So okay. obviously we had good teams at Kansas State, and uh, that was uh, I wasn't the best player in the league, but I was on the championship team in the Big Eight. So uh, they had to give it to someone on that squad. But uh, yeah, we had a great experience in college and uh, and every, every stop along the way. It, it's been a lot of fun and meet tons of great pe- people and, and get up every day loving what you're doing. So that's a, that's a pretty good uh, way to go about it. Well, humble. I'm, too humble. <laughs> Seriously, I'm glad you asked Myers because <laughs> I wanted to ask Coach about that too. But uh, one fact that I do know is true about his 
bio is that he's a former uh, course raider for Golf Digest. Mm. <laughs> people might be unaware. Uh, our our uh, mutual friend Alex Brown is the the connection there. Um, so would love to know, Coach, your favorite course you've ever played. And these are two different questions: favorite course versus favorite experience. So. Mm. Wonder what oh, you're wow. well, the experience part of it is, is probably pretty easy with Augusta, you know. Oh, well, I mean, it's pretty hard to, when you watch it on television for so many years and you're a huge fan of golf. Uh, the opportunity to play it, um, you know, you know, has to rank pretty high as an experience. Wow. <laughs> yeah. sure. uh, you know, there's just so many good courses. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just uh, crazy. You know, right here in Vegas, we've got you know outstanding courses. You know, Southern Highlands is where we you know live and play and and of course, you got Shadow Creek, you know, mm -hmm. across town, and uh, two great courses, Cascada out there, and actually those all all those courses, along with TPC Summerlin, those four courses actually are part of our Coaches versus Cancer event that we do in Vegas every every May. Right, and right. And around the country bring their boosters in, and we have about eighty foursomes that we split among those four courses over two days, wow. and, and raise a lot of dollars for the fight against cancer. So uh, Vegas is a great place to to host a golf event because you've got the weather, you got the great courses and, and people enjoy coming to Vegas. So it, it works out pretty good. Well, we got to backtrack a little to Augusta. Who, who'd you get to play with yeah. out yeah. there? Who was the group? You know, and... uh, you know uh, it was with uh, Joe Castiglione, the athletic director at Oklahoma. Ah, great. And, uh, you know, teamed up with, uh, uh, you know, some people from TCU. We had two foursomes go down, a foursome wow. from, uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma, a foursome from TCU you and and uh they'll play a couple days uh back-to-back -back years actually so wow. uh really really a, a fun experience any highlights on augusta you know big birdie uh, just, just just being on the grounds is, is a highlight you know uh my play didn't necessarily offer many highlights but uh just uh just being there and enjoying the people and uh just uh just such a beautiful layout no absolutely i, I got the chance to play this year the monday after the masters didn't get to stay or anything like that, but, um, yeah, something I'll always remember. Um, and now what, uh, Alex Brown also told me was when you traveled, you wouldn't normally take your clubs with you, which, you know, thinking about it sort of makes sense because, you know, you guys are in and out of these cities, uh, you know, after a game and whatnot. So a want to ask if that's true, if, if AB was twisting my arm or not and B Maybe while you're in the NBA, I'm sure that changed because, you know, road trips were a little longer and stuff like that. So would you uh, take your clubs on, on the road while you're in the NBA? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, you know, the no. golf season actually, uh, you know, kind of starts uh, in college anyhow, uh, you know, May 1 and yeah. concludes uh, about the middle of September. So it's a very short golf Perfect. season, never played at all during the season. Now, Alex might not be adverse to taking his clubs on a road trip. You know for sure, but uh, but no, as, as, as from a coaching standpoint, we never played during the season, and uh, you know, not that we couldn't have perhaps, but uh, you know, you, you play, you lose a ball game, alumni wonder, what, you know, what are you doing on the golf course when you're when you're losing basketball games? So we never did venture, you know, out on the course during the season. When you look back on all your years, I mean, I would have to think that the final four that you made at Florida would have to be your greatest achievement. I mean, if you look at that roster, no disrespect to those players, <laughs> but I remember Andrew DeClerc being the star. And again, no disrespect, but it's not like he went on to have some great NBA career or anything where, you know, you coach Mitch Richmond, obviously you coach Buddy Heald at Oklahoma. Is that your best coaching job, would you say, looking back on that that uh, that run with the Gators? 
I don't know about the, the coaching job as much as the, it was really a special group of players. Mm. You know, they, they really bonded, you know, well together. Their abilities complemented one another. They, they trusted each other to take care of their respective areas. And we had great leadership, you know, with Craig Brown and Dan Cross as guards and, and Andrew DeClerc. He did play 10, 11 years in the NBA. So he no, he played. He did. He did. Not bad. You know, Dimitri <laughs> Hill, another guy, Brian Thompson. That was kind of our starting starting five. And uh, it, was a, it was a fun group because they uh, they understood that they needed to to trust one another and rely on each other and to, to make it a good we effort, you know, right. to have a chance to win. And, uh, you know, in the semifinal game against Duke, they were right there. We got the got a real tough charge call in the last possession, of course. Mm. You know, but uh, well, no. Of course, it went. It went for Duke. I mean, yeah. every call goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was great. And Grant Hill uh, knocked down some threes in the second half to kind of oh. seal our fate. But it was a great experience, and uh, one of the last games it was in Charlotte, but at a basketball arena. So I think just uh, you know, only a couple three years after that did they play in a smaller arena before they went to the to the dome buildings. Oh, okay. So that made it kind of a good atmosphere uh, as well. You rattled off those names so quickly. I just wonder, do you think you could name the starting five for every year that you were the coach? <laughs> no, no. That, no okay. Because, right, you know, like, it's like a golfer remembering, you know, a score they made at a tournament 40. I mean, you you rattled off those, those yeah, games, yeah, but yeah. I know that was a special, some special those, some those Perhaps, but, uh, you know, at 71, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, forget who I played golf with yesterday, you know. So, <laughs> you know it's, it's, uh, those years are starting to creep in there a little bit. It's too funny. Um, well, I'm sure this is a question you get a lot being a, you know, former college basketball coach, just about the, the transfer portal these days. And, you know, your son is the head coach at UNLV. He's, you know, very familiar with this as well. I'm just wondering your thoughts on the effect it's had on college basketball. Obviously, Alex and I are longtime college basketball fans, so we are kind of watching it, you know, with one um, vantage point, wondering what, what your take is on it. It's just a, a different world. I mean, it's uh, with the transfer portal, the NIL, you know, now all the players have agents, you know, I mean, it's such a different world now than what it was even, uh, you know, we retired two years ago. Uh, we never were, you know, a part of the transfer portal era. So uh, I didn't experience it firsthand, but I know it's, it's, it's different. And un unfortunately, um, you know, uh, you know, kids are, are, are transferring a drop of a hat and not really, you know, it used to be that you just work harder and, and suck it up and earn your time, which I think is a good life lesson. Right. I'm not sure the life lessons that we're teaching today, uh, you know, if it doesn't work at one place, uh, you know, go right. where it's more convenient, where it's easier. Right. I'm not sure that's healthy in the long run. You know, the NIL, you know, now, uh, you know, it's supposed to be in theory, you know, what your name image likeness is worth. And now it's a case where all the players expect to be paid regardless. Right. You know, right. and, uh, I'm not sure that's a great lesson. I'm happy that, you know, for the student athletes that, that it does work for but I'm not sure it works for as many people in a positive way as what we think on the surface. You know, I wonder sometimes, uh, you know, 15, 20 years from now, when they go back to college reunions, where these kids are going to go to, you know, because they've mm -hmm. been a part of three different programs <laughs> and, and where do they, where do they return to? Yeah. It just, it's not a relationship thing anymore. And okay. I think if you talk to coaches around the country, uh, you know, literally a hundred percent of them will like, acknowledge that, unfortunately. And I think the younger coaches today getting into it, maybe uh, won't really know what they're missing out on. They won't miss it because they never really 
were a part of it. Right. I always felt the, uh, from a coach's standpoint, uh, universally, the relationships are the best thing uh, of the whole gig. And uh, I'm not sure those are going to be prioritized, you know, going forward. Did did the changing of how things work, did that have any effect on your retirement or was it more family or was it even more, I want to play some more golf? I mean, we <laughs> see some of these people hang on for like, you know, you've got a great job. You want to just keep doing it, doing it. But on some level, don't you want to relax a little? I mean, it seems like you're, you're kind of, you're kind of getting to do that. Yeah. Well, our, our retirement you know, coincided with the portal, you know, coming in, but that wasn't the reason. It was all family, you know, grandkids were getting of an age where we're just saying, we don't want to miss you know, any more right. uh, right. of what we're doing. We got uh, we, a sixth one coming in, in January. Oh, our, wow, our, our three, three kids. And uh, and son Kevin's got two with the little boy coming in January. So we have three three grand, grandsons and three granddaughters. Wow. And uh, that's the best duty ever. You know, as much as we enjoyed coaching and as much as we enjoyed our own kids growing up, you know, right. and kids, uh, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. And, uh, you know, some people say you can kind of spoil them and send them home, but we want to spoil them and keep them, you know, so, <laughs> you know uh, the best of all worlds. You officially uh, have new bosses in your life. The, the your grandchildren you're about that. Uh, they run, they run the show for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, another legendary college basketball coach, Bobby Knight, recently passed away. I'm, I'm curious. He was, seemed like a big golfer, had that instructional uh series wondered if you ever uh played with him or you know got to talk about golf with him at all oh for sure we were at illinois when he when what during that time he was at indiana so conference meetings and whatever so uh yeah he was uh you know i think the best compliment i can pay coach knight is is that it was so healthy to prepare for games against uh, his teams because he just you know you, you had to be so sound you had to you know prepare for you know, you know, it's going to be man defense. You know, they're going to run their motion offense. And this really made you do things fundamentally correct to have a chance to win because uh, his teams were so well prepared. But, uh, yeah, that's a, a coaching legend, you know, uh, touched a lot of lives, uh, you know, throughout his career. And uh, certainly a sad day when you hear of someone like that passing. But, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of memories for sure. I, I got to ask you before we go, obviously, it's very early in the college basketball season. Who are you liking? Who have you? I know Michigan State's off to a, a tough start. I know there's some other, you know, big teams struggling. Maybe who who do you like? Who what are the teams that you're really looking for to make a run this year? Early early season games are difficult because of the portal. You're not sure what rosters right. look like. Right. You know? So there's some uh, surprise scores out there. But um, you know, I, I think uh, you know Purdue. You know, Matt has done such a good job at Purdue, and, and they've got a unique weapon. You know, yes. <laughs> on the inside, a big fella that uh, I think they, um, you know, they're going to lay, you know, lay claim. Uh, Arizona, of course, wins that Duke, yeah. you know, early season. You know, that's a big time win there. Anytime you can pick up a win over Duke, especially on the road. You know, mm-hmm. that uh, that is good for your resume. But but the balance, I think, is, is really good. The balance is really good. And I think uh, you'll see a lot of teams shuffling in and out of that uh, those top five, ten positions in the country. Yeah, it's a fun time, um, you know, to be a college basketball fan. It keeps you on your toes at the start of every season, trying to remember, you know, where everyone is. Oh, Hunter Dickinson's at Kansas now. I mean, oh, my God. Like, yeah, <laughs> you really got to be paying attention. So, um, well, anyway, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. I encourage everyone to go to uh, the Experience Auction and actively participate to support Coaches vs. Cancer. You could go to www 
cvcexperienceauction.org. Check out all those great prizes we were talking about before. And that auction ends on uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, Sunday, November 26th. So you could bid on all that great stuff up until then. So, Coach, it's a pleasure talking to you, catching up, and uh, hope to do so down the road too. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Thanks again to Lon for joining us. Uh, legendary figure, man. I mean, another He's guy there. who, like, again, if he had the horses that a Coach K had, you know, like, <laughs> oh. or, a Ka- or a Calipar. Dude, if he was at Kentucky, oh, exactly. my God. Like, Kentucky would have won seven national titles. Exactly. Like, it's just like that's, you know, all and all these coaches, you can say that. It's like, it's so hard to ever judge them. But it's much easier to judge a guy like him who, when he did have a couple good players like Buddy Heald, he made the final four. When he did have Mitch Richmond, he made the elite. Like, but like a lot of these other years, he didn't. And like you said, Steve, you brought it up. He was the first guy to make it with five teams. He's still the only guy to win a tournament game with five different Mm. clubs. That's incredible. So no matter where he went, he had success. and, again, and you know what the, oh, the type of the type of player that he recruited I, i've gotten to know the oklahoma guys a little bit because the former athletic trainer uh alex brown's one of our course readers i mean and i got to meet a few of the players when i met up with coach kruger at msg mm. i mean they're recruiting quality guys it's not necessarily like coach cal like nba factory that's not what right. it's about it's right it's about a culture still which is why you know Kruger had some thoughts on the way college basketball is. He was pretty candid. He was. Some good responses. Um, So, yeah, he he does it a different way than the way it's trending in college basketball. So, what a career and awesome to chat with him. No doubt about it. And, again, there's no no, uh, great tie-in here. But, again, we are stuffed to the gills with interviews this week. And we were happy to get in touch with Blaine Barber. Um, who's had a very interesting career himself um, and and again went viral last week and we talked to him about uh, everything that's transpired in his career and uh, what he's looking to do in, in the future. So please have a listen to our chat with Blaine Barber. All right, we are excited to welcome in former PGA Tour Pro and Corn Ferry Tour winner Blaine Barber. Blaine, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Glad you to be got here. Yeah, you got it. So Obviously, I know, you know, probably bittersweet times for you um, after last week at Q School. Uh, yeah. you, you know, it wasn't the best week for you, but you had an incredible comeback after that first round. But obviously, everybody was talking about that first round. You posted that video um, where you kind of explained what was going through your head. And I think people just people love that stuff. So what was your thinking, I guess, when you even um, yeah. posted that? Went there, was ready to roll. And. The weather was nasty, so it wasn't really like a a day where you could go out and just fire on all cylinders and get it going. But I just was just off enough to where, you know, I the first two holes were really difficult par fours, bogeyed both of those, uh, made like one bad swing on the front that led to a bogey, hit a couple putts that were decently red that just barely missed, and then had one funky hole where I made a triple and next thing you know, it's 10 over. And so, um, it, it was, it, it, I was flabbergasted. I didn't really, when I finished, I was, that's it probably. Um, cause I went into this year saying that that was going to be my last run to get back to the PJ tour with the spots available at final stage. And so I just wanted to 
in the midst of that, I felt like uh, I was processing it well and I felt a piece about it and just wanted to offer some practical insight to uh, maybe deal with other difficult situations as you set a goal and then don't quite achieve it. I think the, uh, the one thing people really appreciated was that you mentioned I had nothing today. That's something we've all been through, but it, your nothing is a lot different than, than our nothing. Our nothing is 98, 100. Your nothing is, you know, 82. But I guess just kind of explain like what for a tour pro, what having nothing out there meant. Um, I, I guess, you know, you're, you're trying to peel one off to the right on a, on a tee shot and you double cross it or when the weather changes that drastically, it was kind of a trifecta of, it was a little chilly. It was really windy and it was misting on and off. And any one of those variables doesn't change stuff much, but all three at once, the ball starts going really short and mm. it's hard to control your trajectory and your spin. And so I, maybe a little bit of it was rust from having not played in a couple of months, but pulling seven iron from 144 yards is just, discombobulating when at home um playing regularly working with track man the ball's going my normal yardage is 100 i, I really hit a seven from 144 on one hole and hit a seven from 178 to 80 yards comfortably wow and so it's just everything kind of coming together at, at once it was just like I, I just felt like i was lost um and just couldn't you know and, and i think the the testament to the whole week is that my game was still there. It, it just, I had a day where it was just atrocious. So. Well, yeah, to that point, obviously you shoot a 64 in the final round, you bounce back with three solid rounds. When, when you shoot the 64 and you finish, obviously you'd put yourself, you know, too far behind after day one. Does that change your outlook on anything going forward? I mean, you kind of said after that first day, I'm probably done. This is it. But I mean, you yeah. shoot 64 at, at Q school. That's, that's pretty solid call. Yeah, and that's a fair question, and I had that ask pretty quickly after finishing. Yeah. I think even the Corn Fairy guy asked me that in my post-round interview, and it doesn't. But I think what happened was I started thinking about it during the round, actually. I was thinking, you know what's awesome is, is that my game still feels really good, and recreational golf is going to be a blast because mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to still go out and – I feel like if I keep my skills sharp, I'm going to be able to still shoot low scores, you know, well into the remainder of my recreational golf life. And so um, to be able to go out and play golf for fun and it not be my job, there's, there's some excitement there. Um, and then I'm one point that I'm really thankful for is I'm not leaving this part of my life and this big part of my competitive life with any, lack of self-confidence or belief in the abilities that I have, or if, if I was single, I'd probably keep going. If right. I had more money in the bank, I'd probably keep going. It, it's just a merger of uh, family life and passions outside of golf and just some other things I want to see happen. And it just didn't work out uh, as I had planned it. And that's okay. So I'm, that was such a great exclamation point. And I'm just so thankful to have left with a lot of confidence and like, Oh yeah, I can still do it. Right. I think, which every, a lot of people have that self-belief. Obviously I didn't get it done, but um, I'm walking away with a lot of closure and peace with that. So. 
the uh the kind of odd timing of the of all this was i think it was six years ago you were in a playoff at the rsm classic yeah. was taking place this week just i guess can you sum up in so few words kind of what's transpired over the last six years where you're you know a shot away from you know life-changing win like mckenzie yeah. has t- to now where you're kind of ready to, to move on yeah it's uh it I genuinely at times feel like I could write a really, uh, really intriguing book as to just the journey I've been on and um, golf is so strange. And I I think in summary, I spent the first five years of my career, uh, Corn Ferry, and then four years on the PJ Tour with a lot of physical talent and innate ability and self-confidence. And I was sort of ignorant as to why I was good. And my mental, the mental side of my game was atrocious. I was uh, very angry, uh, short fuse on the golf course, didn't carry myself in a way that I'm proud of, uh, made a bogey and just felt like the whole day was just a lot of various things that you would not think a PGA Tour player would possess. Um, And I also was dealing with an immense amount of anxiety off the golf course, which I think, as I've processed it now years later, I think was sort of the propellant to those short fuses and the control that I lacked on the course was just kind of like manifested in, Oh, I got no control over my anxiety off the golf course. And so when I get to the course, I think I can control it. And then when I can't control that either, I just lose my mind. And then um, I'm a Christian and I believe in God's providence over my life and his work in me more so than the work that I'm doing to, to bring about the things I want to see take place. And so I wouldn't trade. I told Sean Martin the other day, I wouldn't trade making that putt and getting in the masters and winning the RSM for any of the struggle I've had the last five to six years because of the fruit that I've seen born in my life outside of that. So um, peace off the golf course, uh, a great family of four beautiful kids and a beautiful wife that I love. And I actually have fallen back in love with the game and I love golf more than I ever have. And I have, the appropriate relationship with it without the results that I kind of wish I could coalesce back together um, the first five years of my career. And so I wouldn't trade any of it. I, it would have been awesome to make that putt and play at Augusta and be a lifetime PGA tour member, but um, sitting here at 33 and, and what I've walked through the last five years, it's all, it's all worked out wonderfully. And um, I'm very much at peace with, with leaving it where it is. Yeah, I, and obviously one of the things that you're known for, of course, is the the DQing yourself from yeah. school. And yeah. that all ended up working out, obviously, because you still made it and you still had a, a successful career. When you think back to that, like how much do do people still talk about that to you? I mean, what that 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 was a pretty amazing thing that you did back then. Yeah, it still gets brought up occasionally. And actually, just a funny story last week. So my I have two brothers and a sister in my the brother that's closest to me caddied for me in that Q school when I DQ'd and he was caddying for me again last week and he hadn't caddied for me a lot. So after the 82, he said, Hey, you know, what would be really great is uh, we're probably not going to make it. Um, We want to try our best and give it our all to finish this week out and show some resilience, but we should get to the 72nd hole and you should flip the slope on and shoot the last yardage with the slope and get DQ'd. (laughs) And then we could book in your career with DQs <laughs> and uh, because then we're giving it our all, but it was right. just a mistake. 
Right. And uh, <laughs> I thought it was really funny, uh, yeah. but probably, sh- you know, didn't feel like I should do that. Yeah. Um, but it's still, uh, it does get brought up. And um, I think I've never, I've already shared this publicly. I've shared this with a lot of people, but it's, it's ironic how, all things just kind of work in tandem with one another that that disqualification and then i actually got dq'd the next corn ferry tour season as well for um failing to sign a scorecard uh actually it happened twice it ha- so it happened at q school huh? uh, i did not have status in 2013 and i got a sponsor invite and was solo second through 36 holes and me my caddy and the score had missed a lower score than I had made. And I got DQ'd after two rounds. Then it, again, the following March, we had a, I got status that fall. And then in March I got uh, DQ'd in Brazil, uh, shot 67 the first round. And my playing partner who was um, a Latino guy, didn't speak English and he was keeping my score and he messed up three holes. So that like, Oh, was freaked me out from the time before and so yeah. it took me a while to get all the holes right and then in the midst of that i had forgotten to sign it and oh. the person the person checking the scorecards actually highlighted the signature line as though i had she just like yep good good okay you guys are good oh. to go so i went to lunch and about 10 minutes later one of the officials came up to me and said did you sign this card because i had an initials there for a score hole change right and i was like no i that's an initial. And he's like, well, you, yeah, you're, you're DQ'd because you didn't sign it. And so people see those experiences and those things. And they're like, Oh, you're an idiot or how stupid can you be? Or, um, I'm a very type a OCD put together person. Every one of those incidents was a different thing. I checked it. My caddy checked it. The score checked it. And it created a lot of rules, anxiety in my oh. mind, yeah. uh, I don't think I played a full round on the PJ tour in four years without laying in bed that night thinking like, did I take that drop right? Or should I have called official when I took that free drop? Like it, I think there's things that guys deal with on the course that maybe you don't, you just see them shoot 72 at home and you think, well, why didn't they capitalize on that opportunity or whatever? And I was literally on the PJ tour for four years, just living in this constant fear of, am I going to make a mistake and not find out about it for a week or two and have to pay the money back or it? And so um, all those, it's just all those things are a part of my story and um, I'm grateful to have overcome a lot of them. And so that's another big part of like, I've played mostly crappy golf for five years. I've had some flashes of brilliance here and there, but um, being able to overcome all that stuff is really kind of what I'm hanging my hat on at the end of the day. So you, you actually flirted at the end of 2022, I think, with walking away. And then you, you found yeah. you still had some status on the Corn Ferry Tour and you came back and actually played pretty well. What, did someone inform you of that or did you realize yeah. it? Like, how did that uh, happen? So I, I did think I was done last year. I had formally announced being done with professional golf and started to pursue opening a gym, fitness, business um and facility in Auburn. And I called the tour to ask a question about something else and found out that I had status. I had no clue when the Q school deadline passed. That was kind of my closure. I was like, okay, sweet. I got no more status. I didn't Q school. Uh, I'm done. And then that didn't even really completely change my mind, but the circumstances surrounding last fall, now I can look back and see 
I didn't pursue Q school. I thought I was done. And then my five-year-old son broke his femur. And so he was uh, completely immobilized for about eight weeks. He was in a cast from like his sternum down to all the way down to the ankle, just a body cast. And if I had been prepping for Q school or thinking I was going to play in 2023, my wife at the time was 36 weeks pregnant with number four. So she was unable to care for him because he was heavy because he's in this body cast. And I was a full-time caregiver for eight weeks. I was Ford's buddy. If he had to go to the bathroom, I had to carry him to the bathroom. If he had to go from the couch to the bedroom. And so thinking I was done enabled me to be at home, to be present, to care for my family. And then sort of at the end of that, I got the fire back a little bit. And I also still have this year to complete some uh, retirement vesting stuff with the PJ Tour. Just there's a timeline of a statute of limitations that you have to complete uh, X amount of years and so many years. And this was the end of it for me. It was 2023. So I felt like giving up one year short of that was a little immature, found out a solid status. And then family, we had number four. Mom was healthy. Ford healed up, got out of his cast. And that's what propelled me to give it one final go. And I went into this year feeling a little silly that I had announced that, you know, the whole Tom Brady deal. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I, it felt right. It felt like I had Morgan support. I had um, one more opp good opportunity and I went into this year with that mindset. And then um, here we are. So I'm definitively done this time. Definitively done. So now I know you um, have been uh, an assistant coach at Auburn. Uh -huh. in the women's Is, are you going to do that? You mentioned your gym. What, what are kind of the plans going forward for you? I'm still a little bit, I have some uh, really good conversations ongoing in uh, the financial world. And then also with. Uh, hey, you have a finance degree, right? Wow. I do. I've, I have a finance Impressive. degree and yeah. have, a, have a lot of practical experience with that just over the past 10 years. And then um, some great relationships in that industry. And it is a merger of a lot of, uh, of golf and relationship and people I love. And so, that's one opportunity. And then um, also considering uh, some other stuff within the golf world. And uh, I don't really know yet, but those conversations will kind of ramp up this week. And as we get going, obviously it'll be a little bit sporadic with the holidays, but um, yeah, excited to uh, get some plans in place and start following this. Cool. Have you had any like thoughts like, man, if I had just shot 75 last Tuesday, <laughs> I'd be in business or no, you're, you're completely at peace with it. I am. I mean, if I had the thought, sure. Yes, yeah. I have. But, yeah. uh, I said in my post run interview that, um, whether you're a person of faith or not, we all kind of, we pray, everyone prays to something and like, Hey, I really want this to happen. Or if you're out there, hear me. I I've been praying for clarity, for direction, for, mm uh discernible figuring out what's going on and i would never answer my prayer with an 82 but uh that seems to be a pretty clear answer and then i was able to fight back from that and hang my hat on uh still still having some game in there and so yeah i'm 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 completely at peace with it and, and like you mentioned all the stress and the anxiety from from tournament golf um you mentioned how excited you are to play recreational golf what do you think will recreational golf look like for you? Do you have like a weekend foursome that you play with? Do you go on a buddy's trip? What, what, what are you looking forward to next year in terms of golf? Uh, a little bit of all that. I, okay. I think that um, golf is just such an integral part of the just spheres of influence I walk in. So I think 
wherever I, I joke that I'll just kind of be like a show pony. You know, people just enjoy watching me play golf now. They'll just, you know, all the, the regular dudes that want to see a guy that played on tour, um, they can still make a lot of birdies. Uh, I think it'll be a part of either business relationships or um, other interactions I'm going to have going forward. So hopefully a little bit of all of that. And I've also become more of a golf has felt like a job for 20 years in a lot of ways. And so I have some courses that I love to play. I've enjoyed architecture more and uh, just playing different styles of courses. And so um, hopefully I'll be able to do a little bit of the buddy trip thing and some more experiences like that. Cool. A, there's a new, um, there's an open chair at NBC right now when you throw your hat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, yeah, I saw that yesterday. Uh, I think, I think that would still entail a lot of the same travel that I true, true. Uh, yeah. encountered and, uh, but, but less uh, competitive fire. So uh, probably yeah. would not. Yeah. I, I mean, I only have two kids. I don't know how four kids and you have to travel a lot. That guy, that's tough. <laughs> it's, you're going to love hard, being, yeah. yeah, you're going to love being home. Obviously. Yeah. You're probably not going to love giving up. You're going to have to give a lot of shots to your buddies. I mean, I know. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to have to become a uh, handicap manipulator. I'm going to have to learn how to, you know, there you go. You got got the rest of the year to work. We can teach you. We can teach you. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll hit you guys up for that. That'd be great. (laughs) Very good. Awesome. Well, Blaine, thanks so much for joining us. We really uh, love your story and everything else. And we we wish you the best with whatever you're doing in the future. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks again to Blaine for joining us as well. Okay. We've gotten through a lot of stuff today. This has been big time episode here. Um, I, I want to get CP with another video series, <laughs> CP versus versus or whatever. Uh, and it, it happened to be Steve. Ooh. Apparently Steve didn't know this was going to be put up, but Steve was okay with it because Steve wins the whole at stream song. Um, easily wins i might add um and uh so i first off kudos to cp for all the the content but also for putting up a hole where he loses yes um because we he's been getting some shit for uh playing the easy holes and you know Mm. making these mouth breather nation right but he actually put up a video where he he made you what'd you make a double there and steve made a nice par that was a four and that was a newspaper four i needed that four i had made like three doubles in a row i was playing for four that's right. It was a four. What am I thinking? You had a long putt oh. for par. You had a, or you had a pretty good lag. Steve had an incredible lag putt. Was that from off the green? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's that whole, that whole something. Do. Yeah, that's what you yeah. got to do. That's, yeah, that you, was... you played at Myers. That's the the signature part yeah. there at Stream Song Blue. But yeah, um, credit to CP for posting one that he lost. You know, he he he's changing CP yeah. in his older age. He's he's becoming uh, he's he's a good guy. So good job, yeah. CP. CP does well in those holes, though, usually, because when we did that one, I don't know what happened to it, the video, but we did that three-way one. Mm-hmm. I think we all parred the hole, but CP birdied it. Oh, no, CP birdied it, and it was, yeah. again, it was the short hole, watch on Steve, the, the easy part. Oh, yeah. But he made a birdie, I mean, and and you were struggling that day. So Yeah, that's probably like up when the first birdie started. of the year in yeah. July. <laughs> so good for you um I, I i told you guys i was cooking again it was weird circumstances teas were up beautiful day gonna be the last day of golf i think looking at the weather forecast it's freezing now but it was 63 degrees on friday and i'm playing with sam and luke and i'm two under through 12 absolutely cooking at rye golf i have like 
my best round ever in my sights. And of course, um, I blow it. <laughs> Nothing bad, uh, but that's two rounds this year where I could have shot on the par and I, I let it get away. But again, it's good to end on a high note, I guess. And again, the tees were up. It was generous. I would say it was the whites. It's still about 6,000 though, um, which is, you know, still plenty for guys. Yeah, like it's two under, I mean, regardless of where the tees are, that's, yeah. that's off in your ball. Yeah. I mean, Sammy wasn't two under. Let's just, put it <laughs> those are the tees he should be playing. <laughs> they, probably, they probably are, uh, but he's working on his swing speed. Uh, he's got oh, the system. Yeah. He's working. You know, when he pops it, it sounds better, but he's still not using the legs at all. It's that <laughs> incredible. I mean, it's like, I don't for use them enough either. But for least, such an athlete, man. I mean, he's like, a gr- yeah, he's going to get so mad that we're trashing him, but I, we're, he's a great athlete. Yeah. He plays great like shape. two a days, like hockey, yeah. like the dude is in better shape than any of us and way better shape. 20 years are older, way better. Shape. And and I know how much better shape because I do the Peloton. His Peloton numbers are, Steve, honestly, like, See? they blow my mind. They I mean, the legs. Why so are you not using saying. the legs? That's what I'm saying. So he's got the legs and he just stands there <laughs> and like that freeze frame. And I was in the background all like furious about something else. Not with my golf game. I just made a great par at the 11 toll. So I was feeling good. Um, but Sam you know that, that impact position it's like, like big cat from and it's like big cat with the, yeah with the the joke big cat because we saw he actually can swing in a little at the, yeah. the Ryder cup but uh, impact position is just tough to look at i don't and it's he'll get he's gonna get there though because he'll work at it we know he's working at it um so yeah so shout out sam and luke of course just always always on his game great player yeah um, but yeah, anyway, probably going out on a high note. I think I'm going to put my clubs actually in the basement today. Sad day, but um, yeah, good season. Good season. Good run. Uh, get um, one more in. You're going to get one more in? Good for you. Yeah, Friday. It's like a tradition outing I've, I've gotten roped into. I'm nice. happy about it. It's a, it's a fun day. It's kind of a booze fest. So Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I'm supposed to play Saturday. Could, Hopefully the weather's decent. Yeah, I think Thursday, Friday is decent, and then it gets cold again. I think mm. Thursday, Friday is about maybe a high of 50, and then, like, the next two weeks after that, there's nothing above, like, 44. At least in our – Steve, you live <laughs> – you live, like, an hour two and a half hours away, away. But, uh, two, but it's like you live in Florida. It's it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's like a different world. No, my and I have a buddy who lives in AC, and he'll text us, oh, I'm going out to play today. And it'll be like the shittiest day up here. So I'm like, I'm like, I guess it's kind of ne- more near where you are, Steve. Where it's just, I don't know. You get far enough away, and hey, good for you. Take advantage. Yeah. Um, all right, how do we do NFL picks wise, CP? Uh, you and I not great. Steve ended up going two and one. Did I have five? I must have had five and a half on Houston. I thought they might push, and and they blew it. They blew it houston should have covered easily and the dolphins should have covered easily ah, no you had four on houston no you went two and one i went one and two. Oh, two and one. so i did have the good line on houston nice. okay. i saw it had moved to five and a half i thought i might have gotten screwed okay good Woo. yeah <clears throat> steve and i were on the Bengals. unfortunately that was really lame um yeah. that was lame and possibly crooked <laughs> 
Um, Steve won a double crossfire on us with the Steelers plus four, which that's the that's the beauty of making these picks uh, early because that got down to yep one, I believe. BLV uh, baby. So he won that. I don't know. We owe him ten bucks, maybe at the uh, at Kapalua or Hero if there's first first round leader uh, or like a first touchdown. Yeah, could do first touch. Yeah, do first touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was on the Bills, which is nice and easy. The worst part about sorry, the worst part about losing these crossfires because I lose is then I also lose. I give the ten dollars, and then I also bet what you guys bet, <laughs> and I lose that. So you better I, not lose them. You, you better win the crossfire. Meanwhile, I'm doing good in the picks, but it's like every time I get crossfired, I get killed. All right, go ahead. Sorry. So I'll make a note. We owe Steve. Rams was my only hit, which I can't believe that hit. That was that was a wild one at the end. Well, I got hit, hit because Gino got hurt. That's right. Yeah. And then Myers was on... Oh no, you did go one and two. I'm sorry. You were on oh, Browns yeah. and Dolphins. So Houston was your only hit. Houston was my only hit. Oh. So, Dude, my but I had a buddy group text and he goes, Hammer uh Seahawks live minus 7.5. And I'm like looking at it. I'm like, why? Literally, the literally <laughs> as I'm reading the text, Gino gets knocked out of the game. I'm like, bro, you have a knack, man. He's a terrible gambler. Horrendous gambler, and and they, you know, seven point five. I mean, they should have lost. They should have lost. The Rams were on the one yard line like five times and had right. scored like once. It's incredible, right? They live I, Myers live betting Baltimore on Thursday was the move. Oh my god, genius! I only got twenty bucks in on it because it was like I got it in while it was like not like I didn't go bold enough. Yeah, you didn't get. Up. You got three and a half, and you were like, uh, "I got the worst line." But exactly. And then I yeah, it was so dumb. And then, like a second later, it went from like <clears throat> since since he my Baltimore like plus two point five to minus three point five in like a second. Oh, yeah. And then, like yep. a minute later, it was like minus seven point five. I mean, all it was, of America was doing the same thing. Yeah, it was just, just degenerate hammering. You see, see Burrow, and then you just no, yep. yep. you got to do it. That was a mistake. Uh, yeah, gotten in on that. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry. So who's who's up? Who's up? You. Oh shoot. Okay. What are the records? Records. Yeah, give us the records. Give us the records. Twenty-one, eleven, and one. Steve. Jeez. I'm eight, eighteen, and fifteen. Myers is seventeen, fifteen, and one. Damn. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Oh man. Oh man. Um. Hmm. Is Gino out? We don't know. He, well, didn't he come he back, in? back in? He came the back game. in, yeah. but they're saying I don't they're going to reevaluate. So yes. probably 50 50, I'd say. Well, then you know what? I'm just going to take the Niners and hope that he's out with the seven. If it was seven and a half, I'd stay away, but seven, I'll, I'll take it. Um, it's on the road. They're playing obviously a lot better. The Seahawks are about to be done um uh, they're out i'll take that i'm gonna take the dolphins to come i'm gonna i'm gonna take well i'm gonna take huge road favorites here it's always a recipe for success <laughs> dolphins minus 7.5 at the jets the jets don't score i mean it's just like if the dolphins score 30 points they're gonna win by 20 points so uh, yep 
I, I'm taking Dolphins there. And then let's see. I, I uh, man, I might have. Uh, I hate the Steelers, but God, if there's no Burrow, I mean, although that guy looked decent, Steve, you were right. What's the name? Browning? Jake Browning. Washington. Yeah. Washington. Yeah. Oh, I saw him in the flesh torch Rutgers a bunch of years ago in Seattle. <laughs> I went, we went out. With wow. my they won really? like 60 okay. to nothing or something. And that dude with um the dude that played on the Bengals, they went off Ross, John Ross. Oh, yeah. oh right, right. They were, I think they made the playoff that year. Okay. Here's a weird one. It says Houston Texans and it doesn't have an opponent and they're plus one, but there's no opponent listed. right Jags. Jacksonville. So why is, is that like the real line? What is going on here? Yeah, that's the line. I see the Jags here. Yeah. I don't, it's weird. It says Houston Texans, Houston Texans. All right. I'm staying away from that. All right. Screw it. I'm going to take, this is totally random, but I, both teams stink. I'll take the Panthers plus four against the Titans. Panthers plus four against the Titans. So two big road favorites, and then the Panthers uh, getting four. Don't know why, but. Yeah. All right. Only feels right <laughs> to have one of the Thanksgiving games. I'll take the Commanders. Obviously a horrific loss. Uh, oh. Possibly fire everyone loss um, to our Giants and Tommy DeVito. But they'll come to play on Thanksgiving. They always do. Um, Cowboys always disappoint on thanksgiving they'll they'll win but i think it'll be much closer with with all eyes on them um so i'll take oh they're plus 11 on DraftKings. we'll take that Ooh, baby yeah plus 11 and then i will take the jags actually um minus one i think they got right yesterday um stroud finally showed a little uh rookie uh rookie yeah. in him with a couple picks they still eked out the win, but I think it's they need they need a loss one of these weeks, and I think the Jags are the superior team there. So minus one, I'll take the Jags, and then we will finish with. Oof! I can't believe the Giants won. I just cannot believe. It's unbelievable. Devito's like the win. He's like the first rookie Giants quarterback to throw like five TDs in two games or something. I saw that's crazy. Here's what's even more unbelievable <laughs> is that the first game he played, they literally didn't let him throw the ball. Correct. Like they just and they would have beat the Jets easily. Would that, have a better record than the Jets right now. Yeah. Yeah. That I just don't get. It may, it was like he's the I was like, how is he an NFL quarterback if you can't even trust him to throw one pass? And now he's Right. Slinging it. it out, slinging it. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. This is a board. Is yeah, while well, CP struggles here, shout out to uh, my boy, Russ Wilson, by the way. Back. Great game. I'm not going to be stupid here. He's not <laughs> back back, but he's he's a good quarterback still compared yeah. to the trash that you see out there for most of these teams. Well, compared to last year. I mean, last oh, year. Oh, my God. He was tragic. horrible. Yeah, yeah, he was horrible. He was horrible. He's, uh, he couldn't move last year. I think he really like. I think he was a little hobbled and and. Yep. You can see the elusiveness able... in the pocket. Like Ex- that's back. So. That touchdown play alone last year. That's a sack. Mm. This time he's still getting sacked a lot, but like this time he's able to give himself just one more little half second, and he and he you know makes that play. So. Yeah. Russ. That was, oh, yeah, that was awesome. I had I had Denver. Very <laughs> nice. Good hit. I don't know how you had Denver, but good, good, good win. <laughs> I bet it, and then they they turned it over. I think I don't know what happened. 
but the Vikings were going in to score and Madison fumbled it on a yes. first and 10. That was, that was quite the swing. Was, Man, these are some tough games. I'll take the Saints getting one on the road at Atlanta. No, yeah, like you sound very confident in that. No reason other than it makes me feel disgusting. So that usually is a good thing. I like that. I need the Saints to start winning. Washington, Jags, Saints. Okay. I'm going to start with a crossfire on Myers. Um, Myers, you were on the Panthers yes. getting four. I'm going to go with the Titans there. I say Titans run it down Carolina's throat. Carolina has to be in tank mode at this point. So we'll go with Tennessee and Vrabel. Very nice. So that's, that's going to be a guaranteed win for you then because I, I lose every crossfire. So. <laughs> Good job. Uh, we're going to go with Cleveland. They're on the road getting one and a half against Denver. Russ, we we just talked about how he looks back, but I mean, that Cleveland defense is so stout. That's that's a little different than the defenses Denver's seen recently. So uh, I'll believe in uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He, he looked pretty decent, too, at the end of the game. Um, then I'm in between two. We'll go with uh, the Steelers plus one on the road against Cincy with Bengals with Browning. Um, you trust in Tomlin and in the rest of that team to continue to get by. Um, you know, they lost to Cleveland, but still almost got it done. Um, I, I feel like the Steelers get that one with the Bengals season crushing uh, game there. So Pittsburgh, Tennessee and Cleveland. Tough week. You're right. This, this is it is a tough week. Ugly board. In the league where they play. Okay. Football. Uh, it's a, it's a very tough week. Um, all right, good stuff, good stuff. Um, by the way, I did watch Law Law Abiding Citizen. Very entertaining. I told you guys uh, no Steve's suggestion. The only reason why I picked that over Miami Vice is because I can't get Miami Vice for free, even though I have every streaming system known to man. Somehow it's on Tubi or some mm. shit for you could sign up for that for free and then cancel it. We've done that before. Might have to do that. Um, and then I watched Ray, which I mean. LOL. It's the greatest performance in the history of cinema. So uh, <laughs> congratulations to Jamie Foxx. I had an Academy Award 20 years ago. Well-deserved. Um, uh, I, I got to but I got to somehow find a way to watch Miami Vice. Maybe. Yeah. And, and there's some others. There's some other movies I still haven't seen. So uh, I'll keep yep. that going. Um, anything else? Any fun Thanksgiving stuff? CP, you mentioned a golf outing. Steve, anything? Or you guys want to? Playing Saturday, hopefully, if the weather's decent. Um, oh, good for you guys. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be good. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Well, everybody out there, thanks for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again to our guests, Lon Kruger uh, and Blaine Barber. Thanks as always to our producer, Greg Gottfried. Please check back next week. Oh, anyway, happy Thanksgiving. See ya. Woo. The best performance in the history of cinema. <laughs> it is. It really and got me. It win Academy Award. It cannot be touched. He learned all the music. He glued his eyes shut for 14 <laughs> hours a day. It's Holy a joke. Shit. He he did. It's it's insane. All right. I gotta watch this. <laughs>